You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Am I going to talk first? Good morning. You are. Okay. (laughs) So, Happy New Year. Y'all are so, like, quiet. I need some, uh, maybe I need to stand up and jump up and down for a little bit. So, I feel like it's been a little low energy, which is okay, because worship was really precious, and I love that. We just finished that up with, you make all things new, because it's just such a new season, and I feel like what God's been sharing with me about just this season is that, you know, we're entering into a new time, a new place, and he's wanting to do a new thing, and um, so I love it that, you know, we can just kind of have this family time where it really does feel like we're sitting on the couch in the living room with the fireplace going. Anybody had their fireplace on this week? Yes. And um, actually, we have a real wood-burning fire, so I let it die a couple times. And Chris is like, you have one job. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting to throw more wood on. But it's just been so nice and cozy. But that's kind of how this is going to be this morning. We just wanted to... Um, you know, start the new year, not to do the cheesy thing and be like, oh, happy new year. And this is what God said about 2022, which I think that's good and necessary and, and needed. But to just kind of process what we feel like God's been sharing with us. You know, we believe every one of you hear God for yourself. And it's interesting to kind of have that family time to sit around and just say, what's God saying to you? And kind of even seeing one of the, that's probably one of the benefits of social media is people have been posting what they feel like they've been hearing God say. And it's, interest, it's interesting to see common threads and say, oh, man, I feel like God was saying something about that to me. And um, so I just kind of want to process with you just kind of how I feel like God's been talking to me in this new season. Is that okay with you guys? And um, it's almost kind of uncomfortable because it feels a little cheesy. But um, I'm going to just kind of share with you kind of this process. And I've kind of labeled this the path to 2022. And um, the reason I kind of named it that is when we first started dreaming about resurgent, it was in 2017. And um, at that time... It feels like every time there was a new year, God was speaking to me in a way where he was aligning the year as if a teenager was growing into maturity. So I'm going to try to explain that to you. And as you can kind of hear some of my examples of what God was kind of helping me see through this natural way and tying it into a personal note or where God's taking us as resurgent as a family. So hopefully you'll kind of understand what I'm saying. And basically I'm kind of start with 2017. If you just think about a 17 year old. So that kind of makes sense to you now where I'm going with this. But, you know, he was just showing me that when you're kind of that age in life, that you're just doing a lot of dreaming about your future. You're starting to think about after high school plans, you know, are you going to go to college? You know, are you going to go to a trade school? Are you going to, Uh, move into the job force, you know, what are those things that you're going to do? And you're starting to dream. And that's kind of where we were as a church. In 2017, we just started dreaming into starting a church. And um, so then as we moved into 2018, God kind of kept this theme with me. He was like, okay, now it's kind of like coming into an adult. You know, when you turn 18, you're basically you're a partial adult, right? Because 21 is the legal, right? But 18, there's this adulthood that you step into. And he was kind of showing me that as a church, that's kind of what we were doing. We were kind of stepping into this adulthood. But when you, when you do that, basically what you're doing is you're graduating from high school, right? And you're moving into being a partial adult. And what I kind of mean by that is that you're stepping out. Many of us moved to college at that stage. So you're independent as an adult, but you're really just kind of partially because your parents are probably still helping pay for some of your bills. Like you're still just partial in your responsibility. It's like the baby step of becoming an adult. And I felt like with the church, I hope this is making sense to y'all. So, um, but this is kind of how God kind of processes with me. And I just thought, well, why not share it? You know, maybe it'll mean something to someone else. And it kind of opens up where I feel like God's taking us in 2022. But, um, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, moving into 19 again. Um, You're just kind of, you're discovering more of your own personal identity outside of who your parents raised you to be. You know, 
do I believe in God? Because that's what my parents always told me. Like you're starting to explore your, for yourself and come into your own individual identity. And honestly, as a church, I believe in 2019, that's what God was showing us. He was like, look, you started out in 2018 and you launched the church and you were really still depending on everything that you'd been taught, everything that had been modeled to you, the stream that you came from as your identity. And he started moving us into seeing our own personal identity. Of course, yes, we still have all of those same core values, but he started to show and reveal to us our own personal core values and what he was calling us to individually as resurgent, as a separate church, if that kind of makes sense. I don't know. It made sense to us because we kind of knew what God was breathing on that. But then 2020, you know, um, we had all this big launch about 2020 vision and we need to be focused. And, and, and then, wow, we understood why we needed to be focused, you know. <laughs> and we're like, oh, Jesus, help me see through your lenses, you know, help me stay focused and all this about 2020. But, you know, really when you kind of turn 20 in life, that's kind of that transition if you went the college route where you're no longer taking your basics but you're taking like your core classes, like you're taking the things that are going to train you for your career, right? So 2020 kind of in my view, I felt like God was showing me, you know, that's where you're honing your skill set. How many felt like in 2020, we were starting to kind of hone some of our skill set, <laughs> right? 100%, right? Hopefully you're kind of seeing this in like your own personal life and not like as a college situation, right? Hopefully, hopefully y'all are tracking with me. And, um, you know, it's where you're, you're, you are gaining vital keys to unlock doors of opportunity, right? Because you couldn't take that career with just those basics, the basic math, the basic, like to become a school teacher, I had to have some skills, right, afforded to, to me and some training, to be able to get that degree. Is this making sense? Am I taking too long? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Y'all bear with me, okay? So then 2021 came around, right? And of course, if we're looking at it as becoming an adult, now we're a full-fledged adult, right? And um, now we're legal, which is great, <laughs> right? Because with that comes some very serious responsibility and also more serious consequences. I mean, I had that talk with my kids when they turned 21, you know, like, ooh, now you can be prosecuted as an adult. Okay. <laughs> Not to be funny, but to just say, are you aware? <laughs> you know, so I'm saying that kind of kidding, you know, but um, it is true that we were kind of coming into this. We're now as a church. I felt like God was showing us, you know, that we were uh, coming into this stage of being independent in our identity, but now we had the keys to succeed. And, um, you know, that, that we, we had done the work in a sense, like we had gained the skill set, we'd honed some focus and some and things that God was, was, you know, dealing with us individually um, and as a new church plant. And that 2022 would be a year of hitting the world running. And um, I know what I mean by that is that, um, you know, when you graduate from college, typically um, you're about 21 years old. Unless you take the five-year track or the six-year track and, you know, whatever. But, you know, typically it's about that long. And so I kind of want to get into that because that's really what I want to talk to you just real briefly about 2022, the age of becoming 22. But really, that's where you're taking the keys that you've been given. Let's say you did go to college. You're taking those keys. And now those keys give us a new level of authority, and I feel like 2022 is a year of a new level of authority for us individually, for us as a church, for us as resurgent, and um, really just a new level of overtaking and recovering all. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit deeper. But, you know, when we graduate from college, we're given, we're granted this piece of paper, <laughs> basically, that qualifies us now. 
it virtually qualifies us that we can show and say, ha, you want me, you can hire me, here's proof that I have the skill set, that I have the training, I've passed the test, I have what it takes to get the job done. And so as we step into, um, out into 2022, if I kind of look into that earthly analogy that I'm kind of sticking with, that's kind of when we do a lot of, it's a new time, it's a new place, because now we're moving from, you know, the training into basically conquering the world. We're looking for something new. We're searching for a new career. We're searching for uh, sometimes we move to a new location. Sometimes we start a family. We buy a new home. I mean, there's all these things that we start doing. And, um, you know, in that stage of our life, we're so full of hope. We don't even really need some big prophetic word. In that stage of our life, we don't need someone to call us out in the in church and say, "Oh, God, have you know? Now that you graduated, you're going to become a teacher." You know, it's like, no, I don't really need that in that moment. Yes, prophetic words are nice and great, but I can hear God for myself as well. And I've also been planning this all along, like I've been training for it. So all I really need is the courage and focus to walk out what He has already written for me. And so I feel like that's kind of where we are in 2022. You know, prophetic is nice, and it's great to see what other people are saying prophetically, but we can hear God for ourselves. And we can also start working on, hey, the courage and the focus to just walk out what we know he's already written for us. And we have the keys, and we have the keys to the kingdom. And, um, you know, when we find God's way, we step into future legacy. And I feel like that's where we are. We're stepping into future legacy, and now doors are open for us, right? When we get that, going back to that earth, that worldly analogy, doors are now open for us that have never been opened before. We're also pursuing going from uh, making minimum wage to now I'm going to have a career. I'm not going to actually buy a home, right? It's often. So there's this new thing that doors are open. They're doors to our destiny now. They're all, everything that's old is now new. Um, we have this brand new start. Um, I wrote this down, a new beginning, new job, new career, new home, family, responsibility, new authority, uh, new favor, a new mission. And um, so I just kind of want to read this verse. I feel like this is, um, oh, I kind of wrote this down. This is where I win my money back, so to speak. It's kind of a a joke in my head that God talked to me. But it's kind of like you get to that place. It's like I said, you've been working. Like, I don't know about you in college. A lot of you worked several jobs. I worked like, I made like five bucks an hour delivering flowers. You know, like, you know, it's like crazy. And then you get this career and you just think, oh, my gosh, I have insurance. And I have, you know, I have, you know, I can buy a home now and, you know, just different things. Like there's, it's all this, it's a new time, a new place full of hope, but full of authority. And I wanted to read this scripture, um, um, Isaiah twenty two twenty two. I think you've seen it going through a lot of different people been bringing up this verse. Um, and it just says, I will place the king of the, the key of the house of David on his shoulder. What He opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And I just feel like that's where we are. We are individually. You can take that for yourself and ask God, how can I apply this in my personal life? Um, I think we can apply it in resurgent. I think we can apply it in the worldwide church that, um, you know, he has placed the keys of the house of David on his shoulders. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. You know, the keys that we've been working with up to this point, the keys of 2020, the keys of 2021, they are the keys of authority in 2022. And um, so I just kind of want us to hold on to that and to give you just kind of an action step with that, um, I want to read Acts twenty twenty two. It says, And now behold, bound in spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. Okay, I'm on my, new, my way to my new thing, right? Not knowing what will happen to me there. Right? We don't know, but we're full of hope, aren't we? And um, so I just say, you know, go where he leads. Trust him, which means you need to 
become an active listening relationship with him. And um, we've done it more than once, and our testimony is that he has never let us down, right? So I want to read one other thing. Um, it says, we've been given this opportunity to co-labor with the Lord, right? I feel like if you kind of go back to my analogy again, it is your first time basically to graduate, you're pursuing this career, you're now co-laboring. You know, you're no longer learning or training or being an apprentice, but now you're co-laboring. And um, we are co-laboring with the Lord to see an actual recovery of everything lost. Yeah. And so we're entering a year of recovery. And he wants us to engage with him over a promise. And I hope you can see where I'm leading to with what that promise is. But, you know, God gave David that promise of recovering all. I remember that. And I think Chris is going to talk about that some more. But um, it was both kind of stirring with both of us. Um, we love uh, Bill Johnson's messages and, and e-courses and books and all that on the story of David where he says um, to pursue and overtake and recover all. And... Um, you know, God gave David that promise of recovering all after David did what? He strengthened himself in the Lord. And, you know, sometimes God rescues us, and that's great. And, um, but he's a father that wants sons and daughters to grow into maturity, to re-manifest what Jesus is like. And I feel like we've been in that growing season of becoming mature sons and daughters who can re-manifest what Jesus is like. And um, that's not seen when we're just simply rescued out of a situation, but it is seen when we use our authority. And um, so in demonstration of what God has imparted us to give. And um, I think, let me see if there's anything else before I switch it over. Is this okay? Am I going too long? Am I making any sense to anybody? Okay, I hope it is. It makes such clear sense to me. But you know how sometimes you have that history with God where he just talks to you and you're getting it because you've had these conversations over years. And that's kind of what I'm trying to express, um, just how I feel like he's been processing with me. But I just kind of wanted to end on this, is that God's looking for a church or a family of believers that will stand confidently in the middle of a very unusual season and say, Father, do we pursue? And don't forget the second part. If we do pursue, pursue will we recover all? Because don't you want to know the end result? <laughs> if you're going to pursue, it's like, oh, are we going to recover all? And you know what God's saying? He's saying, go, pursue, for you shall recover all. So I just feel like that's for us this morning, that we're really in this season of new authority right, and the ability to not just pursue, but to recover all. Is that hopefully that kind of can lead into what you felt like yeah. God was yeah, sharing with so. you? Yeah, okay. Did so. that make any sense? Absolutely, <laughs> <Okay>. absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's so quiet this morning. It's Everybody's like, oh. Quiet. But, um, you know, I think everybody's just thinking, you know, yeah. soaking it it's in. It's deep, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, how many of us in here have been a part of, uh, vision Sundays for forever, right? It, it, raise your hand if you've been in a part of a Vision Sunday. And, uh, you know, through throughout all of that, we've been in, in places where we've heard about Vision Sunday, where we've heard about great plans and strategies in order to build momentum and growth. And, you know, the reality is uh, this new year has brought to mind, to, to me in mind, that the, the kingdom momentum that's been growing here on the earth has been growing since the resurrection of Jesus. That momentum is what's carrying us into 2022. And if we will lean into that and we understand the, the importance of that, uh, that recovery piece that what she's talking about, it's going to come so much quicker when we get our eyes on him rather than on our circumstances. And, uh, you know, 2021... Wow, what a crazy couple of years, right? I mean, we as people were marginalized. We as Christians were marginalized. And the church was marginalized. And I think we, God is putting us in this place where 
he's really giving us the ability to understand. Uh, I think it's in Ephesians. It talks about let, the, let him who steals, steal no longer. We have got to come into a place as a group of body of believers and family where we say we're not going to let him steal any longer. That is, the, that is the mandate that he's given to us. Jesus came and he originally dealt with that 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross. He, he defeated the thief and he gave us back the keys of the kingdom. He gave us back that authority to be able to step in to the things that the promises that he's given us. Uh, what's the, uh, just what the verses, all of his promises are what? Yes, yes and amen. Some of them? No. All of his promises are yes and amen. And, and, and really, that whole piece right there, let me see that verse because I had it written down. Um, I'm kind of jumping ahead. It's 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all the promises of God are yes, yes in Christ and through Christ. Our amen ascends to God for his glory. Our yes brings him glory. So when we say yes to the promises that he's given us, and we lean into those promises, when we say yes to that, we are actually giving him glory. Because we're saying, hey, we know what you've done. We know the finished work you've done. And we agree with it. And we say yes to it. And we say, we want to receive those blessings from you. And so as you do that, I remember, uh, and Scott and Lacey are not here this morning, but I remember one year Scott preached a message on, on uh, a season of yes. And it was directly tied to this verse was that it was a season of yes because when we agree on God's promises and we understand that his promises are there directly for us as an inheritance, we know that we're going to have a season of yes in our lives. And I, I believe that's what the Lord is saying to us right now. We as a church, we've got to recognize, um, hey, we, we can't be satisfied with, with just uh, existing. You know, and I feel like 2021, we, we, again, the marginalization of people in the church, we, we fell into this place where we just were satisfied with just existing and just trying to keep our heads above water. Anybody else? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I think the church uh, during that time uh, was on the defensive constantly. And I feel like the Lord is saying it's time for us. The church was never to be on the defensive. It was supposed to be on the offensive. It's to preach the gospel. It was to bring the kingdom. You know, and, and that's what Jesus came to model to his disciples, was to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It was to be of offensive. And somehow we've kind of flipped it and flipped the switch, and we've gotten stuck in a place where we think everything has to be from a defensive place, where we're fighting the de devil all the time, where we're fighting the enemy all the time. Listen, we are to take the offensive, and we're to be going down the field, scoring every single time we get the ball. Come on. And, and, and really, you know, talk about vision. You know, God's, man's plans and God's plans don't always line up, right? Why? Because God's ways are higher than man's ways. You know, and, uh, you know, vision is a, is a really great thing. Uh, there's been a lot of men and women who have taken vision, and they've, they've done amazing things. But when, when, you're, when the vision it does not involve him, it can become just a thing. It can become just your thing, but it's not his thing. You're going to find real fulfillment when the vision that you have for your life and the vision that we have for the church, it lines up with his perfect plan for our lives and lines up with his vision for, the, for you and for the church. And so Vision Sunday to me is, is a thing where I don't want to just get up here and say, okay, well, we're going to do this and this and this, and these are all great plans and great ways to you know, grow the church and create momentum and do, you know, and we all want to, we all want to see that. We all want to, but really what we need to be asking ourselves as we move into this year is, God, what is your vision for us? What is your vision for the church? Well, his vision has never changed because what he started will never end. God's vision has never changed. And his vision was that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son that who believes in him shall not shall live forever not perish but have everlasting life right that's the vision okay the vision is people the vision is loving others unconditionally 
And I think we have to read, I feel like every year it's a good time to redefine vision in the sense of what is his vision? It's people. The vision is people. Listen, a building is great, but a building is not what's important. What's important is what's inside of the building. It's people. The, building, the building's not going to get anybody saved. The building, you know, the building, it, you know, it might be nice. You might have some nicer things. You know, it might look really great and all that. But it's the people that make a difference. We want to invest in growing people. We want to invest in seeing people's lives get changed. And, you know, it's like, Terry, I want to reiterate this. I believe that this is going to be a year of great recovery where we see lost things restored to us. And really, we again, in order for that to happen on that level, we must be absolutely clear about our assignment. And we cannot be satisfied with anything less than victory. We really can't. Don't be satisfied with anything less than God's best in your life. Does that mean you're not going to have trials? You're not going to have obstacles? All that? No, that, that's promised to us. We're always going to have those things in our lives. But he, we look to him who's greater than all those problems and obstacles. And as we look to him, he gives us the ability to lean in and to have victory over, over these things because of Jesus. And um, I, I think, you know, I, I love Isaiah 43, 19, and Terry Ken alluded to this, but... Uh, and we've talked about this before in the past, but it's so true. Isaiah 43, 19 says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I, I have already begun. Do you not see it? So he asked two times, do you see? Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And I'm just like, that's who we serve. That's the God we serve. He can do those things. He can, he can make a pathway through any wilderness that we've been uh, faced with. With any wilderness that uh, we come across in our lives, he can make a pathway through that wilderness for us. If we just follow him and we follow... You know, this is the thing about David. When David was at his lowest point and the whole town had gotten taken over and his, all the women and the children, all of his goods, all of his animals, everything was taken. And it said that David didn't immediately... The first thing David did was he went and strengthened himself in the Lord. See, this is the key to understanding victory. This is the key to understanding victory in 2022. When we get faced with obstacles, when we get faced with things that are going on in our lives, the first place we need to run to is to him. To him. And I'm not saying friends aren't important. I'm not saying other sources of encouragement aren't important. But we have got to understand, it's almost like Terry said, you can hear God for yourself. I, I think we have a tendency to want to go get a word from somebody, which is great. I, we all need words of encouragement. But our first go-to should be to the Lord himself. Because when you, how many of you know what I'm talking about? When you go into the presence of God, <laughs> there is this picture of me, and it said, it said, me going, me going into the presence of God, and it was a cat. And then it says, me coming out of the presence of God, and it's this giant lion. And I'm like, wow, that is a perfect analogy. Because how many of you know, I mean, I know you guys have experienced this. When you go in, you might feel really small and all that, but when you come out, you feel so much bigger, and you feel so much more encouraged. And where we are today as a church and in a society and as a culture We've got to understand that God is our strength, and we have to run to him first. We run to him first, and we get his word for our life. We get, we get strengthened in his presence, and he comes through every single time. He, he makes pathways through the wilderness for us, and he creates rivers in a dry wasteland. I mean, come on, guys. That, that's amazing. That's right. I mean, do we believe this or do we just, you know, it's just okay in theory. We, you know, and I think that's our problem. I think we, we, we've gotten too far away from the word. We've gotten too far away from his scripture. We've gotten too far away from his promises. And we've got to, we need to hit a reset on that and come back and begin to meditate on those things. 
Because it's in meditating on those things that our foundation continues to get, get built stronger and stronger and stronger. I, there's four words that I've been hearing in my heart since, since this, new, this new year. And four words. And I'm like, God, this has got to be from you. And those four words were, won't he do it? Won't he do it? That's right. That's a good answer, Jack. Won't he do it? We've got to go ahead. No, no. Oh, well, uh, well I'm, I don't know. I'm just, mm, maybe, yeah. Go. Can I add to that? Because I love that, and we hadn't talked about that um, aspect, but I had written this down. Um, don't assume God wants you to recover all just because it's biblical. Won't he do it? You know he will because it's biblical, right? But don't just assume it. So I'm going to give you an activation really quickly. I want you to just ask him, God, do you want me to recover all? Ask him, God, do you want me to recover all? Say it loud. Do you want me to recover all? Because he's going to answer you. But don't just assume it because it's biblical. Ask him. Because there are many times that um, God, David asked, do you want me to pursue and God said yes, and he didn't recover all every time. But David asked, oh, do you want me to pursue? And he said, yes. He said, but if I do, will I recover all? And God said, yes, pursue, overtake, and you will recover all. So you've asked him, you've got your answer. So now you can pursue, overtake, and recover all. Is that okay that I added that? No, that's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> That's good. You need an activation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, God is in the restoration business. He is in the business of recovering all, and he already did that, and it's there for you. And I think that's a great point. You know, don't just assume, is it biblical? You've got to ask him. Because what happens when we ask God something and we hear an answer? It becomes powerful. It becomes a part of our foundation. I mean, I remember there, there's times I've had people give me words that have really impacted my life, but the, word, the words that have impacted my life the greatest were the ones that I got from God. Because I know that I know that I know that I heard what God said. And, and my belief system grabbed onto that, and it said, I'm not letting go of this word because I know it was directly from the, from the throne rooms. From the throne room, and no matter how scary it gets, you have that word. You've got it. Nobody can take it from you because you heard God. Yeah, and I I used to say this a lot, but one word from God can change your life forever. One word. That's it. One word, and you can take that word and you can put it in the bank, and and it'll that one word can sustain you for a lifetime, for a lifetime. Now. God gives you things all the time. But what I'm saying is, when we get, when we get that, sort, that direct source from him and we get that word from him, it changes everything. So vision, you know, our vision for the church, uh, you know, we wanted to kind of, you know, kind of put this out for you and let you guys kind of see where we're at as a church. Uh, Ryder, go ahead and put up the, uh, the mission statement if it's up there. So, you know, for we, we've... The beautiful thing about where we're, we are as a church, I think Terry alluded to this about stepping into our identity and finding out who we are. Matter of fact, Jake, when we went with you and Rachel out to Texas and uh, Matt Gon- Gonzalez gave us a word, and one of the words he said was that, he said, I see God change, changing, changing houses. You're going to change houses. You're going to step into, which meant... Not that we're, we're abandoning other people or leaving streams or whatever, but that we're changing houses in the sense that we're being established as a house ourselves and that we're learning what our identity is. And so as we've moved forward, you know, we've kind of tweaked and done some things over the last couple of years. And I don't know, you've seen our signage out when you come in the front door, and it's, it's around these words, restore, transform, and equip and the mission statement there is to invent, uh, I'm sorry, to restore, transform, and equip individuals for the advancement of Christ's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. 
And, uh, you know, I, I believe that God's calling us as not just as a local church, but as the global church. Our job is to restore and transform and help equip individuals as the church. That's, our, that's who we are. We're, we're to bring the gospel. We're to, we're to lead people to, to know him, to know that their lives can be touched, that they can be changed, and that they can move forward so that we can have a greater impact on the people that are around us. And uh, go ahead to that next slide. What we're doing, not that one, Ryder, go to the, the next one. Is that right? Yeah, restore. So what we, I, oh yeah, I can, but it's like that light is so bright. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the whole picture around restore is, you know, we, we believe that God is going to bring the hurt, the broken, the neglected to our body and to our church. And we're already seeing this happening. We're seeing it happening. Uh, we, we had a word spoken over us several years ago, and it's been happening quite frequent that God would continue to send leaders into our environment who came out of other environments that ended up being broken and hurt. And that God was going to see them set free through the love of, of family and through God's ability to operate through us as, a, as an extension of his unconditional love. And so we believe that uh, people come into our environment, get restored through love. They get, th uh, they get restored through honor and family, real family. And, I, you know, you think, oh, well, that should be just a given that the church is a family. We use that word, but we really don't know how to model it in, in, a, in, in a healthy, the healthiest of ways sometimes. And so I feel like God is readjusting us in those areas. He's redefining what it really means to be family in, in an environment, in a body, in a, in a, in a church. Uh, that he wants us to be restored through uh, being, and this was a part of what God was telling me when I first started this church He's, he's, I said, God, I can't do this thing. I can't, you know, I can't start this church. I don't want to do this. And I said, I, I just don't have the ability to do it. And he's like, yes, you do, because you make people feel seen, heard, and known. Let me tell you, I've heard that so many times, not just in my spirit, and God's, and, and, and God's saying to me, you make people feel seen, heard, and known. There's so many people that are in our bodies and our churches that do not feel seen, heard, and known. They feel like they're a number. They feel like nobody sees them. They feel like th that they're insignificant, and they feel like they're just, they're just there filling up a seat. And that's not what the culture of honor is about, and that's not what a, a family is about. We have the ability here to see people come in, and we want to see them get restored. I, I liken it sometimes to like an incubator. I feel like sometimes we're a dream incubator here. We're a destiny incubator where people come in and they get nurtured and they get taken care of. And all the environment is, is, is totally right for it so they can, they can grow and they can get healthy. And then sometimes they stay and then sometimes they leave. But that's okay because if we've done what God's called us to do, then we've done our part. And we've seen people come in and go, but they've left, uh, nine times out of ten, they've left healthier than when they came in. And that's, that's the goal for us. And so we want to see people come in and get restored by being, uh, through being seen, heard, and known. And then, which is a big core, you know, core piece of who we are, we want to see people get restored by the presence of God. And our worship, you know, Cody and Julie are doing a phenomenal job with their with the worship here, and they're continuing to take it to another level. And you know, we've seen so many people come into not just our environment, but other environments where worship has been at the forefront of everything that that they that they do, and the presence just wrecks people, and it and it takes them to a place where they get restored. Sometimes, even physically, I've seen people sit in a service and get healed. Because of the presence of God through worship. And so that's what we're going after. You know, I, I, I know Mo Moses had this thing where Moses was like, what, what does, you know, I think so many times we think, I'm kind of all over the place, but I think sometimes we think, what does real success look like? You know, we think success looks like numbers. We think success looks like a big building. We think success looks like a big bunch of programs. Success is being in the presence of God. That's what success looks like. 
That's our goal here, is for people to experience the presence of God. That's what true success looks like. And, you know, Moses told God when God said, you know, hey, um, you can go on into the promised land, but my presence isn't going to go with you. Moses said that I don't want to go. I'm going to stay right here because it's not worth it to me. All your promises and all the things that you've given to me are not worth it if you're not here with me. Man, that's, that's better than y'all are talking because I'm telling you. Listen, we have got to get to a place as a people that we do not, uh, we don't, what's the word? Uh, flat, flat, flat. No. Anyway. Flat, who said it? Flagellate. Yeah, where we, where we compromise. Where, yeah, not, not the other word. Um, where, where, where we don't com compromise God's presence. And that we don't trade God's presence for something else. We got to get to a place where we refuse to trade, be, that we're willing to compromise God's presence on any level. On any level. Moses was that guy. He said, I refuse to compromise your presence. So anyway, chew on that one for a little bit. All right, transform. Let's go to the next slide. So transform, you know, again, we're, I'm hitting on presence again. Transform by his presence. Uh, transform by pursuing health and wholeness. One of the things that we're, we're going after here is health and wholeness. Uh, we have a sozo department. Heather Miller is our sozo. Per Heather, stand up and wave at everybody. Woohoo, Heather! And uh, you know we've got we've got several people that are on the team that are doing this and and bringing people into the presence of God, and and they're getting healthy and they're getting whole. Uh, we we want people to be transformed by knowing uh, their identity as sons or daughters. Uh, because if we don't understand that we're no longer sinners saved by grace, but we're sons and daughters, until we get that revelation, we're going to continue to act like sinners. We're going to continue to act like we don't have an inheritance. We're going to continue to act like we have to grovel to the throne room and to the presence of God instead of walk in knowing that we're sons and daughters and that we're being treated different. Yes, we were once sinners that were saved, saved by grace because all of, us, all, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the grace of God. But Jesus came and he, he totally eradicated that and he eliminated that. Now we have the ability to walk in with boldness into the throne room and say, Dad, Papa, Father. Okay. I'm telling you, it's a mind shift. You've got to get a shift in the way you think about who you are as a son and a daughter of God. And then transformed by church culture, uh, in, or I say church culture, transformed by culture in, 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 in general. You know, culture can look like anything. Anytime you come in and you create a culture, and there's a culture driving something, then that culture is going to be evident by what, who that leader is and what he carries and what his personality looks like. And uh, the culture we're trying to create here at Resurgent ATL is a kingdom culture. It is a kingdom mentality. It's the understanding, again, that we're sons and daughters and we're no longer slaves and servants. Now, are we servants still? Absolutely we're servants. Jesus came to serve, not be served. But in doing so, he also was served, okay? So we've got to, we got to come into this place where we understand that culture will create momentum in an environment because it's being modeled, it's being communicated, and it's being, uh, it's being driven by those who have an a understanding of kingdom principles and a kingdom understanding. And, you know, I, I, Scott and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, well, you know, culture is not just solely created by language only, but it's created by our beliefs and our core values. And so 
most everybody I've ever been around as leaders, I automatically understand what the culture of an, of an environment is because if I know who the leader is, I know what drives them. And that's what's going to filter down. And so for, for Terry and I, our, the thing that... The thing, our core values that are so strong and, and we want is, is the supernatural. We want kingdom. We want family. You know, some of my personal core values are, you know, in, intentionality, authenticity, genuineness. Those are the things that I feel like I operate in really strongly. And just all the time, that's who I am. And family is something that I want to see happen automatically. And so whatever... You know, whatever my core values are is, is literally going to be the values that trickle down into this environment. And uh, my belief system, along with the belief system of who we are in the kingdom. And so we, we want to see our culture transformed by the right things and not by the wrong thing and create a, a church culture that produces a healthy environment uh, for people to come in. You know, we want to set this thing. It's kind of like the whole thing about being a being a thermostat versus being a thermometer. What, it, what does the thermometer do? It just reads temperatures. Yeah, it, it, it has no ability to change anything. It just, it just reads. And uh, as a thermostat, we have the ability to set the temperature in a room. We have the ability to set it and say, okay, hey, it's too hot in here. Let's cool it off, you know, or it, it's, too, it's too cold. Let's, let's turn up the heat, whatever. But we have to understand that as kingdom people, we have the ability to change culture and to set the thermostat and to, and to, and to bring it into our, our workplaces, to bring it into our homes, bring it into our neighborhoods and our communities. Amen? All right, let's go to the next slide. Is this okay? You guys getting some of this stuff? Okay. Uh, equip. Equip by biblical teaching. Boy, we need more of that, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, real truth, not, not, not my truth, not a truth, real truth. Where does real truth come from? It comes from the Bible. It comes from the Word of God. And we're, we're not going to trade that for anything, period. And uh, so uh, equipped by biblical teaching, equipped by mentorship from fathers and mothers. This is really big. Uh, you, know, I, you know, discipleship is something that has... We, it's a lost art. It's a, I, I mean, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, good Lord, how I, I'm, I, I'm old, yeah. Listen, I would not be here today if it weren't for somebody who wanted to help disciple me. And I'm not talking, called me once a week. I'm talking, was in my life every single day. And they were a go-to for me. And when I fell, they were the first people I went to because they were mothers and fathers. Now, we didn't use that terminology back then. We didn't use that language. But now, today, because of kingdom culture and because of the movement we've been a part of, the whole thing around fathers and mothers is so important because we understand what true, healthy mothers and fathers are supposed to look like. Many of us have or had not had the experience of good, healthy moms and dads, but that doesn't mean that God can't put somebody in your life that's healthy and represent a father or a mother to you. And in our environment, that is so important because those people pour into the younger generation. We've got one of the greatest honors and greatest responsibilities with this next generation of young people. And as an older, some of us that are in the older generation our greatest, our greatest challenge is going to be to set them up for, for success for down the road. You know, and I love what Bill says. My, I want to create a place where my ceiling becomes their floor. And, you know, I'm starting to think like that more than I've ever thought, I guess because of my age. But it's like, I know I won't be here forever. So if I'm not building something for the future and I'm building it through the next generation, then what am I doing? And so we, we want to go after people and, and create an environment with fathers and mothers here. There are so many fathers and mothers in this room. And guys, you have a wealth of wisdom and understanding that you can give to people. And I, we've talked about this before. It's, it's not time to retire. It's time to refire. 
Because that's what God wants. He, listen, it, your age has nothing to do with your ability to pour into other people. So don't believe that lie. That's, 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 again, that's somebody wanting to marginalize you. Listen, God sees you as so valuable and so important in the scheme of what is going on in this country. And if you don't take ownership of it and see it as valuable, we're going we're gonna to have a whole generation of young people that are going to miss out on the wisdom in your life experience. So we got we to move forward in that. So equip mentorship from fathers and mothers. Equip by uh, a culture of empowerment, activation. Good Lord, this is a huge one. I mean, empowerment, activation. How many of us have come out of different backgrounds and denominations where we were basically told that we couldn't do anything, that we had to just sit there and watch, you know? The five-fold ministry is to develop and empower the saints, not to lord over. It's to empower, to train up, and equip to, for you to do the work of the ministry. Every single one of you in here are a minister. And every one of you in here have a platform, whether you think you do or not. It's not a question of if you influence. It's a question of who you influence. Because every one of you have a, have a, have a sphere of influence through friends, through work, through, you know, what, whatever you're doing. You, have, you might not have a platform like a preaching pulpit or anything. It's like this is really the, the least influential that there really is. This isn't the epitome of everything. It's, it's what you do. Because you're going to touch more people than anybody will behind just a, you know, we know we have evangelists and things like that that do crusades and all this other stuff. But most of us don't understand that we have one of the, we have a platform that is bigger than anything we have ever imagined because we just haven't recognized it. So we want to have a, we want to have a culture of empowerment and activation. Let's go to the next slide. So the vision, our vision statement is to create a church that is a family that strengthens communities and changes culture for his kingdom. Strengthens communities. Every single one of you have the ability to display, mirror heaven on earth. And when you go into those communities and you go into those areas that you live in, you add strength. Whether they see it as you adding strength or not, you're adding strength because of what you carry on the inside of you. You carry heavenly solutions for a world's, world's problems. So, you know, we, we feel like this is what God is, is doing with us as, as, a, as a vision statement. And, uh, you know, we want to see this year as something that just continues to uh, the word momentum again, build momentum in a kingdom way that's going to touch every sphere of society through you, through you, because that's what God's called you for. That's who he's, he's called you. He's called you to the ministry and he's called you to have an impact on the people that you're around. And, um, let's see. Yep. You want to, you want to finish on anything? No? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Should we have some action oh. steps? Oh, no, no, no. I had something else I wanted to show you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I was putting her on the spot. I was like, speak to me, Lord. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that we've been trying to do, and you guys wouldn't know this because we don't, we don't really advertise it, is uh, we want to start getting a broader base in helping out more and more with missions. And so we already have uh, three different areas that we support. Uh, let's, put, let's put these first ones up here, Ryder. Um, the first one is, and some of you guys remember Dave and Susan Fletcher. And uh, yeah, Dave and Susan. And uh, actually, they're in Belize right now. And uh, they were missionaries in Belize uh, where's Curry, Curry and, yeah. How long were they at, Curry, how long were they in Belize for? Oh, it was like 20 years. 
10 years. I mean, they've done some phenomenal work in Belize. And so they're like moms and dads. I mean, they are amazing people. If you don't know them, get to know them because they are awesome. And uh, so they've established this ministry in Belize. And they go back over there uh, two, three times a year. And they continue to do the work of the ministry. They continue to raise up sons and daughters. And they continue to expand the kingdom. And uh, they're, they're amazing. And so one those... This is a family that we as a church want to start giving into as they go to Belize and they're continuing to advance the kingdom. And so that, that's, that's one group. Then let's go to the next one. Then we got Leif Hetland. And uh, everybody knows Leif is the apostle of love. And Leif is, uh, he is something else. Look at it, Leif. It has got his, I don't know what you call that. Uh, yeah, a turban. Yeah. I, it's amazing what God has done with this man. The favor he has in the Middle East with the Arab, Arab nations is in, I mean, you just don't have that kind of favor. I mean, you really don't. And he is, God has definitely set him up to bring the good news uh, and unconditional love and the message of the gospel to the people of the Middle East. And he is doing that on a level that's unprecedented. So we give into Leif's uh, ministries also. Then we have uh, Randall Worley. And Randall's kind of like a, uh, he's kind of like an apostolic missionary. Because he goes in and the wealth of knowledge and wisdom that this man operates in as, uh, as an apostle, he brings change and reform into denominationalism and into other areas that people, he, I'm just, I don't know how to even explain it. I'm, I'm just unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you'll experience it when, if you haven't heard Randall, you need to be here next month. But I mean, the, the depth and the knowledge that this guy's got in the word and the perspective is just incredible. So these are, these are three of the ministries and missions that we support uh, we, we didn't create it today, but we'll have it up uh, here in the next couple weeks. We're going to have, we're going to start putting up a, a drop down for giving into missions. And that way, we, we already give each one of these ministries a certain amount of money every month. But we're going to start creating a drop down. So if you want to start giving extra money into these missionaries, what we'll end up doing is every, every month we'll take whatever's been given into missions from you. We'll split that and split it three different ways and give it to these ministries. So, uh, you know, we feel like it's, it's really important for us to partner with people like this. Because then our influence is so much greater. And we have the ability to touch so many more people. And so we're, we're excited about that. And I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I give you an update on building stuff. You know, we, we talk about, you know, we've been talking about you giving into a building fund so that we have money ready. So when we find a place, I just signed a contract with a real estate agent the other day. And we, man, I went through like 60 places the other day. And it's meant, not like physically, but on, a, on, on paper, on a screen. And uh, so we are actively in the process of trying to find a new place. So you guys be praying for us on that because it's just, uh, you know, it's, I, I believe it's time for us to, to find a new home and uh, so that we can grow and that we also have the ability to do some things that we haven't been able to do because of our limited time in this building. Uh, because there's so much more we want to do, but we just can't do it. And I've said this before because every time we rent this facility, we're paying for it. So it's not like we have it all week. We have it on one day, and that is it. Anything else that we do during the week, or we have to pay for. Or Sunday night. Or Sunday night we have to pay for. So this has been an amazing blessing. This company has been amazing to us. Uh, we absolutely have high respect for them and honor. And we've had a great working relationship with them. So no, no, nobody's mad at each other. We just know that it's, the time is short, and we, we know that God's closing the door on one place and opening another door somewhere else. And uh, I'll say it again, won't he do it, right? Come on. And I, and I think you need to adopt that in your life this year and, and just say, every time you come up against something that's an obstacle, you just say, won't he do it? And then ask him, God, what are you going to do? And uh, we're going to see God move in, in tremendous ways this year. So why don't, why don't you guys all stand up? I know we've kept you here a long time. I, I hope... You weren't disappointed by Vision Sunday. 
Uh, I know it's different. We did it a little different, but um, we, we just wanted you to understand where we are as a church body and where, where we want to go and what we're doing and what our value is and what, what you know, we're going to be intentional this year with going after these areas and the, with the mission statement, the vision statement. So let's just, let's just pray as we leave this place today. Father, we just, we thank you for an opportunity of another year. We thank you, God, that uh, you are going to move on our behalf this year, that you are going to restore everything that the enemy has taken, and he's going to have to pay it back. Uh, Father, double, triple, quadruple, Father. We, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just speak and we declare that everything that has been stolen, our health, our wealth, our finances, uh, Father, our friendships, our relationships, family, that it, it is all going to be restored to us this year. And Father, we stand in that place believing that you will do it. Won't you do it? We know you will do it. And so, Father, we just come into agreement with what you've already done, and we just say yes to your promises. Yes and amen, that this is going to be a season of yes over every one of our lives. Father, we break every lie that has been, that has been spoken over us, and we just say that, God, your yes is bigger than any lie that's ever been spoken. We break any word curses. We break words that have been spoken over every individual in this room. And we say, what you bless, no man can curse. And we just release a double portion of your anointing. We release a double portion of your favor and your goodness over each individual, over every family. And Father, we say that kingdom momentum this year is going to drive us into a place of massive victory. Massive victory. So we just grab a hold of that. And we say yes to it, and we just agree on it. And everybody said amen. Well, listen, we love you. God bless you. Y'all have a great Sunday, and uh, we'll see you next week.